communion is a sign and seal of the gospel and uh, we should not see the gospel as only applying to one little slice of life. It needs to impact every area of life. We need to have a cross-centered perspective. Uh, Dan Hamilton uh, usually has a fantastic array of, of books that outline that, and I just picked up one this morning that looks fascinating. It's uh, What's Best Next? how the gospel transforms the way you get things done, and it's seeking to apply a gospel-centered perspective to time management and how we uh, structure our lives. And I was flipping through it, and I was thinking, this looks really cool. i got to read that uh, this week. Anyway, when I uh, found out this morning I was going to be uh, doing communion, I was thinking, what would be um, a good passage that shows the gospel uh, applying to life as a whole. And um, I would like you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 6. This was the gospel applied to an entire nation and uh, what they were involved in. Uh, Exodus chapter 6, and I'm going to read verses 6 through 8. Now, of course, this was tied in with the Passover, and uh, the Passover was uh, had national aspects, it had family aspects, it had individual aspects to it as well. And I'm going to read uh, Exodus 6, verses 6 through 8. Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. And what I'm going to do is just quickly outline six amazing promises that God gives uh, that are in the gospel here. And the first one they're, these are I wills. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Uh, the burdens. A lot of people are, are burdened with various things, and Christ wants us to cast our cares upon him, knowing that he cares for us. Everybody's burdens are a little bit different. You know, unbelievers in the Pilgrim's Progress book, and he's got another illustrated Pilgrim's Progress. If you've not seen that, you've got to look at it. That's absolutely fantastic. But Pilgrim's Progress, he has this, Christian has this great big burden on his back, which is lifted at Calvary. But Christians can be burdened as well. We can go back uh, to the, uh, the burdens of our sins, and uh, the gospel on a daily basis frees us from those burdens. The second I will is I will rescue you from their bondage. Now obviously when we become Christians we're rescued from the bondage of slavery to Satan. He's no longer our master. But we can go back to some of those things. We can become bound again to certain sins. Uh, and there are a lot of Christians uh, when you read their testimonies on Facebook and in other areas uh, you can tell that they are in bondage to sin. Well, the gospel of Jesus Christ, if we approach it rightly, frees us from that bondage. And um, these are promises that we can appropriate by faith. Jesus promised that sin shall not have dominion over you. Well, the third I will is I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. 
and redemption in that first picture there when they came out of Egypt uh, into the wilderness was both by price as well as by power. The price was symbolized with the Passover lamb. Jesus gave his life as a ransom for us. The power was the miracles that were performed on their behalf. And in the, the Christian life, uh, we have in Christ's redemption, he's purchased for us everything that we need for life and godliness, but it's applied by the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And God continues to be a God of miracles. He continues to uh, be a God who can um, redeem us with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. And so if um, you're feeling particularly troubled by Satan's attacks this past week, lay claim to the power of his uh, redemption. And then he says, I will take you as my people. Now, when you consider who the people of Israel were, that really is a remarkable statement because it's not like they were particularly cute, wonderful people. Uh, in the wilderness, they gave him nothing but, uh, you know, heartache. They were idolaters just like the Egyptians were, and yet God chose in his sovereign grace to redeem them. And when I consider my own life and, and background, I'm just astonished that God would love any of us, really, that he would take us as his people. And yet he has promised that um, uh, he cherishes us. In fact, this is a family meal. He's invited us to his family meal. And it ought to really melt our hearts and say, Lord, thank you so much. I know I'm not worthy. I feel sometimes like Mephibosheth who fell down before David and said, who am I? He felt like a dead dog, you know? He was totally unworthy of the things that David was giving to him. And uh, we, we can feel the same way, and yet God elevates us and says, no, you're gonna eat at my family table. I love you. You are my people. The fifth promise is, I will be your God. Now, this is the flip side of the previous one. The previous one says that he claims us as his people, but this one says we can claim God. We have a claim to God. He belongs to us, we belong to Him, and both sides are important. So the fact that God is our God means that we can lay claim to the things that He has uh, promised to us, such as, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then sixth, I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And uh, uh, the, the promise that God has given to us of Heaven is a guarantee that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's the one who enables us uh, to persevere. And then finally, I will give it to you for a heritage. Uh, part of what God pledges in the Lord's table and in the gospel is a heritage. Not just heaven, but a heritage for right now that we can claim. Uh, that uh, somewhere in Romans, I didn't write it down, but he... Uh, promised having given us the son how he will he not with him also freely give us all things we have a heritage so if you have needs this morning you can go to the one who has promised and pledged in this meal i will supply all of your needs in christ jesus and he has a phrase i am jehovah that he begins these six promises or seven promises with and he ends the seven promises with in effect saying Hey, I'm going to be good to my name. My name is at stake. My reputation is at stake. If I do not fulfill these promises, but he expects us to receive them by faith. And so as we partake of the Lord's table this morning, uh, let's do it with faith that he's a God who will come through on our behalf.
Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this uh, meal that very tangibly promises to us uh, these uh, covenant blessings and that the gospel really is the reversal of everything that sin uh, has cursed. And I pray that as we come and we present our lives before you, whatever the needs may be, that uh, you would fulfill those needs, that you would give to this people your heritage. You would be their God, they would be your people. Fill them with joy, Father, in the realization of all that you have purchased for us. And we pray that you would set aside these common elements to a holy use, that you would be uh, glorified in our partaking. In Jesus' name, amen.